and bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much once again for this tremendous privilege, this honor of gathering together as family and the unity that you've provided for us, especially for a day like this, a, a day of celebration, of celebrating motherhood, motherhood also that you've ordained from eternity past. Thank you for giving us witnesses through them. Thank you for revealing yourself through them. Father, we pray for those in the congregation that can't be with us this morning, that desire to be here but are either incapable physically or for some other reason are precluded. Our prayers go out to them. We want to know that we're with them in spirit and that we are hoping to see them back sometime soon. Your will be done. We pray also for those that are still lost, Father, many of whom may not even know it. Um, we just pray that you humble them in due time before it's too late. We are most grateful and thankful, of course, for your Son's work, our Lord and Savior, on the cross to cancel out that debt and to make a morning like this even a reality. We do just ask for your blessings on this morning's message. May it be edifying for our souls. We ask this in Jesus Christ's precious name. By the power of the Spirit, we do pray. Amen. Again, a Mother's Day special, so right out of the gate, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. Uh, and hopefully, um, we've all had mothers, obviously, so uh, hopefully you take the time to extend your gratitude to those who have mothered you. Uh, and I was thinking about this. No idea he was going to give me this lesson, um, but he did. And the best I can start off with is mothers are an enigma to me, uh, being a man. At times, almost mysterious. I mean, obviously, I understand the birds and the bees. <laughs> but... God made mothers differently than he made fathers. And I don't want this message to be a cause for comparisons. That's not what this morning's about. Um, but he made us differently. He made mothers and fathers differently. So I just want to take a moment while we're all thinking about our moms or, and or being a mom um, to reflect on God's viewpoint of motherhood. We're going to focus on the wonderful aspects of motherhood, leaving anything negative on the table. For starters, motherhood is a blessing conferred by God to those whom He has created to take on the yoke of raising a child. So that's the first thing we need to think about the first biblical principle that the Spirit wants us to think about, that motherhood is a blessing conferred by God to those whom He has created to take on the yoke of raising a child. And I think this statement really is a cause for a long pause on a day like today, that God chooses mothers. God chooses mothers especially given the fact 
that He is the one who imparts life in the womb. And so this is all His doing, in other words. And that's how the Spirit wants us to situate ourselves, right out of the gate, that motherhood is a blessing given by God. And He chooses. As Holy Scripture states up here on the board, James 1.17, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. From the dawn of time, having children has been considered a blessing. Go to Psalm 127.3. From the dawn of time, having children has been considered a blessing. Psalm 127.3. verse 3. Psalm 127, verse 3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to show you a little bit of my own soft underbelly this morning. I once thought that bringing a child into this world wouldn't be a good thing, given the estate of our society. I mean, just look around. Um, given the apparent decay of morality and the corruption of what I used to think was the bastion of freedom in the United States. But I have since learned that my thinking was nothing more than my human rationalism at work in me. If the Bible says, behold, we just read it, correct? The Bible says, not Ed Collins, not any of us. The Bible says, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Then who am I to say differently? God has blessed families with children, turning many women into mothers throughout human history in much worse circumstances than that which exists in little old Dighton or Rehoboth, Massachusetts or wherever we're from. I think about my trips overseas, be it India was the most recent, Japan, Malaysia, Korea, Indonesia, Nepal, Germany, England, Finland, Guam, Mexico, Canada, Brunei, France, Colombia, etc., etc. These are all places I've stayed in, either in the service or in business. You get the point. And I think of all my trips overseas, and 
I used to always make a point of eating locally, meeting local people, observing uh, their culture, getting out in a car, getting out on foot, somehow trying to absorb um, my environment. And it was always about people. Um, am I trying to pressure with my world travels? Not at all. Um, what I'm trying to convey to you is firsthand witnessing of one common thread that I've seen in every single place I've ever visited. Mothers are a gift from God. That is what I've seen. It's funny because we see this pattern even in the animal world. Some of you remember me writing a blog titled Mama Bears where I quoted the following or I wrote the following. In general, this is a quote from that blog. In general, I believe mothers would die just as soon as they'd live for their kids. As sweet and gentle as they can be, I also believe they can be very dangerous to predators eyeing their young. My advice is to never poke the bear especially not the little ones while their mother's watching, for their mama will do just about anything to preserve the safety and well-being of her cubs. And then I wrote this. A mother's strength is nothing shy of astounding. Go to Proverbs 31.25. Proverbs 31.25. A mother's strength is nothing shy of astounding. Proverbs 31, 25. <clears throat> Proverbs 21, or 31, 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. God bestows such honor on those he has called out as mothers so much so that one of the Ten Commandments includes them. Go to Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. God bestows so much honor to mothers that even one of the Ten Commandments includes them. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Honor them. Honor your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You have to ask yourself, why is the Lord God, the creator of the heavens and earth, the creator of all of us, why is he commanding this? Why is this one of the Ten Commandments? Honor your mother. Well, I was thinking about that. Consider how vulnerable 
an unborn child is. Consider who God has given the duty of protecting that child. And consider how intimate that level of protection is to the one who literally carries a child for nine months inside of her body. He didn't give that honor to men. Thank God. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> on more than just what you're making fun of me on, to be honest with you. He gave men different duties and responsibilities. And ladies, thank God for that. Let's see how it is. He gave motherhood to the ones perfect for the job, like he always does. So back to our original point of contemplation, which is that God chooses every mother. God chooses. He is counting on them to bid his will. So he has created a sort of cocoon of love around them. Go to Psalm 139.13. He's given mothers an incredible responsibility. I mean, these children are so vulnerable. Psalm 139.13 For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Do you see how important a mother's job is in that passage? The Lord wove each one of us in our mother's womb. God chose that woman to carry you, to protect you, to nurture you inside of her own body. Not sure how much more intimate such a thing could be. So I want you to see how important a mother's job is. Even before any child is born, God also has a plan for that child. And he's essentially given a mother the very first duty of all. To protect, nurture, and then endure even childbirth. Why? So that we can once again make the so-called mistake of bringing an innocent newborn into a perverse world? Is that why he did all that? Is that why he does all that? May it never be. Children are a blessing. God considers children among the greatest blessings of all. In fact, consider how His Word addresses we believers. 
Believers are children of God. And we ought to be just as blown away by this fact as the Apostle John was. Go to 1 John 3.1. 1 John 3.1. We are called children of God. God loves children. God creates children. He ordains life in the womb. God chooses. First John 3.1 He says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us? You see how much He loves us that we would be called children of God? God loves children. <laughs> see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God? And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. In some ways, I think about my previous thoughts regarding the potential hazards of bringing a child into this world. And I wonder about how far short my thinking fell from my wife's. While I was concerning myself with all the things that might harm my child, she was focused on the blessing from God. While I was preoccupied with finances and you know questions like how are we going to pay for children, etc., she was saying God will provide. While I lacked faith, hers was implicit, essential even to her conviction to even be a mom. What I've learned from all of this, now that both of my sons are just about all grown up and out of the house, Sean's got one more year, can't believe it, is what John wrote. And it's something that apparently my wife and the rest of the mothering world understood much more than I did a few years back. Go to 1 John 4.4. 4. Go to 1 John 4, verse 4. I guess in my human rationalism, I just didn't understand this yet, what John was writing about. And she understood it implicitly. 1 John 4.4 4, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. God is able. If God ordains life, God has a plan. I guess what I'm saying up here on the board is this, that mothers teach us a lot about faith. Mothers teach us a lot about faith. Mothers are incredible testimonies of the grace of God. They often, in their quiet, submissive ways, ensure God's little bundles of joy are taken care of. And I, I turn my attention now to my own mother. And I invite you to do the same with your mom. Even if she was or is, you know, less than amazing, let's say. Go to Proverbs 1.7. Proverbs 1.7.
Proverbs 1, verse 7. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. One of the greatest blessings we can ever receive is to receive our mother's wisdom. A mother's wisdom, though overlapping with a father's, is truly unique. I mean, who else understands firsthand what it's like to have God himself essentially say to you, I'm trusting you with my child. I'm ordaining life inside your womb. Not only is that a tremendous responsibility, but it's an amazing privilege. Whenever I think of motherhood, I immediately think of Mary, Jesus' mom. And just for the record, by the way, most Christian historians believe that Mary was around 15 or 16 years old when she had Jesus. And you can't help but think, about the average 15 or 16 year old nowadays, girls especially. I mean, heck, you could probably double that figure and think about 30 and 32 year old women. And they still wouldn't compare to this woman. And so she exemplifies a lot of the things that the Spirit's bringing out this morning. So as you read this passage with me, consider why the Lord chose Mary Remember, the Lord chooses why the Lord chose Mary to be the safekeeper of the Son of God and the Son of Man. All I can say, I was trying to think of something to say, and that's all I can say is on the board. I don't know. I mean, God chose Mary for a reason. Enough said. I mean, he knows all the reasons. I don't. But she was obviously worthy of being chose or chosen. Go to Luke one twenty six. Luke one twenty six. God chose Mary for a reason. Enough said. Luke one twenty six. And God doesn't make mistakes, right? Luke one twenty six. Now that now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, 
and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of uh, Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever, and Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. Almost every time I've taught on the topic of humility, Mary is mentioned. I could easily do the same when teaching on faith or love, and the list goes on. Again, there's a reason why God chose Mary. This woman, this mother of Jesus, exemplifies humility. And we need to think about that. If we're going to learn one thing in life that's the key to the spiritual life, what ought it be? Humility. Mothers are a wellspring of humility from being called to wobble around in discomfort while a completely egocentric child is kicking their bladder at the most inopportune times, to, having, to have the whole world staring at their private parts during childbirth, to having to submit to the father of the child for years following. Anyone here going to argue that that isn't humility? Mary exemplified 
all of this. And therefore, there is the point on the board. God chose Mary for a reason. And you know what? God has chosen every mother for a reason. So I suppose if he's chosen you, then consider yourself blessed. For that is how God views your child, a blessing. Consider yourself blessed. God has said to you, I'm going to give you a whole new person to love. What do you have to say about that? And what a shame it would be if you answered, but how will I feed my baby? Or how will I care for it? Or will I be a good enough mother? What a shame that would be. Because God chooses. And God never makes mistakes. If anyone had a cause for concern, it was Mary, who by Jewish law could have been put away by Joseph since the child wasn't his doing. But what did we just read? We just read true humility. Mary said in Luke 138, Behold, up here on the board, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Is this really happening? She probably said to herself. Is this really happening? An angel comes and says, God the Holy Spirit's going to impregnate me. Oh, this is going to go over great with Joseph. Right? But what did she say? She didn't say any of that. What did she say? She said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. There is a reason why God chose Mary. Just like there's a reason why God has chosen every mother in human history. Like every godly mother I've ever met, Mary simply accepted her lot. And not only that, but she accepted it for what it truly was. A blessing. That's a far cry from the feministic viewpoint we have today that puts human rationalism first and aborts, or shall I say murders, said blessing. In many many ways, it's fair to say that mothers are our first practical introduction to love. We've been talking a lot about practicality from the pulpit. Mothers are our first practical introduction to this thing called love. Whatever consciousness God gives a child before or after childbirth, it has to be wrought with love. for the one designed by God to nurture them. I mean, isn't... Let's just step back. Isn't that what love is, after all? I mean, if we put away all the theological definitions of love, can't we just watch a mother tending to her child to understand love? Isn't something as primitive as nursing a child the very picture of love? 
isn't such an everyday act of giving oneself for the life of another a display of love? And isn't it humbling for the rest of us to witness such things? I think so. And so does the God who created all of us. I was thinking about mothers and their, um, for lack of a better term, their pliability, their elasticity, their tenacity, their ability to rebound, you know what I'm saying, from horrible things that they are forced to endure. I was thinking about how a child, how often a child disrespects their mother or they dismiss her wisdom. And yet, a loving mother will always be ready to receive her child back into her arms. Always. It's the most amazing thing. That's what love does. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. Up here on the board, 1 Peter 4, 8, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. If anyone exemplifies that, it's mothers. Where better to start learning this kind of reconciling love than from our mothers? Most fathers, and I'm not saying everyone, you know that I'm speaking in generalities here this morning, most fathers will throw in the towel long before a mother will when it comes to their children. I mean, sadly, some do it before their child is even born. So you have to ask yourselves, does God ever throw in the towel on his children? Has he ever quit on you? Has he ever abandoned you when you needed him the most? Of course not. Why? You ready? Because he loves you. That's a shocker. Because he loves you. Up here in the Lord. Hebrews 13, 5b. For he himself said, has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Why? I love you. And one of the ways that he illustrates this kind of love is through mothers. I'm going to read a popular passage with you, and I want you to think about motherhood. Go to 1 Corinthians 13.1. 1 Corinthians 13.1. I want you to think about the love of mothers. First Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Now think about mothers. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with, etc., etc., and then jump forward to verse 13. But now faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So just some general questions. Who carries more faith than a mother who loves her children? Or who hopes more than a mother? And dare we say that we ever encounter a more godly love than that which exists between a mother and her child? Now, for balance statement, because am I saying that fathers cannot love with a precious, unique love of their own? Not at all. But today, we are celebrating the gift of motherhood. I, for one, have an immeasurable appreciation for this gift. I think about Mary and her humility. I think about my own wife and her special brand of love for my sons. I think about my own mother's tenacity and love for her children over the years, her forgiving heart and her faith and hope. And then I think about how much I want you to consider the mothers in your own lives. And then I think about the Divine One, the Creator Himself, and how obvious it is that He has chosen to share a bit of Himself through the illustration of motherhood. God chooses mothers, and He has chosen to share a bit of Himself through the illustration of motherhood. For sometimes we forget that God is just as much feminine as He is masculine. Up here on the board, Genesis 1.27, God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Sometimes we forget about the feminine side of God. So, this Mother's Day, do yourselves a favor and remember whose image you are witnessing when you behold your mother. Embrace all that she is, knowing that God intended to reveal Himself to you through her. And love her back, always. 
for hers is the same desire as her creator's. Up here on the board. 1 John 4.19 We love because he first loved us. Amen? Bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time and space to celebrate motherhood. And may it be as personable or personal as you want it to be for each one of us as individuals, Father, as we appreciate the mothers in our lives. We're so very grateful for you that you've revealed yourself an intimate part of your own love towards all of creation through our mothers. And thank you for choosing them perfectly all the time. We just ask, Father, for blessings as we go out and celebrate Mother's Day together with our families. We just ask that your spirit keep these things at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's precious name. By the power of the Spirit, we do pray. Amen. Thank you.